Hey y'all, welcome back to Tropical Depression. The name of the show is particularly poignant, as I'm recording this intro from a late rainy season deluge at the Knox Market Deli in Tallahassee. Since we last spoke, lots has happened, including an insane $1.8 million local sales tax giveaway to a campaign manager and developer-funded operative, which has attracted the outrage of statewide news. We'll talk more about that soon, but I also had a visitor last weekend from Sarasota, friend of the show, Isaac Eager, who's a journalist and all-around good Florida guy. I've been on Isaac's show Cheeseburger in Babylon several times, and it's great to have him on the pod with a jointly released episode to both our wonderful audiences, seekers of the true truth about our beautiful, dark, twisted mess of a state. I wanted to give a special shout-out this episode to new patron Brian Allen. I'll be highlighting other supporters as we go. Brian and I work together doing legislative research at a firm called Lobby Tools, and he's a good soul, exactly the kind of kind-hearted person that gives me hope about Florida. Very glad to have him with us, and thank you, everyone, for your support. I hope you enjoy our conversation with Isaac. Quickly, before we get to it, check out this little-known tribute of sorts to the late icon Jimmy Buffett by Jimmy David Allen Coe, rather, called Jimmy Buffett Doesn't Live in Key West Anymore from 1978 a true deep-cut Florida banger for only the hardest core Trapicats and Depressionistas. Thanks for listening. Much more soon. Sailing to the Caribbean, Jimmy might well be. Pictures up in Rolling Stone for all the world to see. The rich keep getting richer. The poor, they just stay poor. Jimmy Buffett doesn't live in Key West anymore. Now Jimmy's moved to Malibu with all those other stars. He's not down to Wall Street hanging out in bars. All them goddamn tourists got to be bored. Jimmy Buffett doesn't live in Key West anymore. So don't tell me I sound like Jimmy Buffett. How much you worth? I have no idea. How much do you want? No, I just want to know what you're worth. Over 10 million? Oh, my, yes. Why are you doing it? How much better can you eat? What can you buy that you can't already afford? The future, Mr. Gitz. The future. Shuffling around, one more little, let's do a little more sip. One more sip, please. That was the power sip. Mm-hmm. That one really put me into my straightaway here. <laughs> you have great posture right now. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for noticing. <laughs> um, it is Sunday, September 17th, and Ryan and I are meeting for the first time in real life. We've been internet friends for like a year or so now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you invited me to. Well, I invited myself to your home in Tallahassee, but very you, you let me crash for the weekend. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming. So we thought it'd be an opportune moment to do a, a a crossover ep, cheeseburger in Babylon and tropical depression. Two podcasts in one. Two podcasts in one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you guys, no, I'm not asking anybody for money yet for my podcast. It's tough. I it's, can't. I can't do it yet. That's the ethical choice. I think that's you know that's between you and God. Um, it's also 
Shana Tova. It's the I think it's the last day of Rosh Hashanah, right? Yeah, I think it's sun sundown now. Is it is it over? Did I miss it? I'm a sundown. bad Jew. I'm a bad Jew like that. <laughs> There's no such thing as yeah. Jews. Yeah, I've been saying this for a while. There's no such thing as Jews. One state. <laughs> um, how how Jewish are you, Ryan? On a scale from uh, Hitler to who's the most Jewish Jew you can think of? <laughs> Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax, yeah. I would say I'm about uh, more on the Sandy Koufax side than the Hitler side. I'd say I, <laughs> I grew up, uh, my dad in Tampa lives right across the street from Sherazedek, a reform synagogue. Mm-hmm. That was always part of my neighborhood, part of my community. I consider myself a, a friend of the Jewish people. A friend of the Jews. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you were very um, excited to point out the big temple in Tallahassee Temple Israel yeah. friend of the show sponsor future sponsor of the show could perhaps. be I don't see why not um, but yeah Ryan's been giving me a little tour of Tallahassee which I'd, I'd been to once before I went I came and saw Andrew Bird play and I'm almost embarrassed how much I used to love Andrew Bird but where'd he play? I think it was like at some at like campus bar club I don't I have it was I was 18 years old yeah. it's a very long time ago. almost half a lifetime ago club down under on campus. yes yeah. that's what it was it was club down yeah, under wow <laughs> cool that sounds like a good show but yeah it's been fun being in Tallahassee it's a cool it's kind of a cool little city not I, too bad I did like uh when you're driving down is it is it Park Avenue which which is the big one that you're we're approaching to the the capital Appalachie Parkway Appalachie Parkway yes like it's a really beautiful. It's it. They are modeling it after after Capitol Hill in a way, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just like that that straight line into the Capitol building. But what it also has that is ominous is the like the actual the the, the operating Capitol building like standing behind it, like it's gonna it's gonna slice its throat. That's mm-hmm. what it looks like to me. There's like this. It's kind of spooky. Like a guillotine, or just like a, a gangster coming out of the shadows, gonna like wring his neck with a, oh, no, yeah. a, a piano wire. Yeah, it's definitely it's somewhat menacing. Yeah, people. Some people even call it. Capitol Hill, and uh, yeah, it's just a direct, a direct uh, runway straight into it leaves you at the front door of the state capitol in all of its menacing uh, glory. <laughs> um, it, the future is decided here in Tallahassee, right? In part, yeah, because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the future How's it gonna be? of the state of Florida, which is also, we, I think we both agree, the future of this country. It's the future of civilization. Yeah, we're the canary in the coal mine here. And so, um, yeah, I, I drove up from uh, from Sarasota, a, a, a city that's actually like, I guess, or the county at least, is larger probably than Leon's county, population-wise. Mm-hmm. I think similar, or um, larger Sarasota overall. And Sarasota... The future does not portend well in Sarasota. Hey, maybe farther down the road, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's like, it, Sarasota is, is recession-proof for now. Like, yeah, buy, you've been talking about buying a house in Florida. If you buy it in Sarasota, it'll be okay for a little while. Sarasota, I think of as very, you know, like in a 2009 perspective, very, I think, very bubbly and boom and bust. Where I think Tallahassee up here, you have much more, it's not nearly as, as prosperous overall, but there's a certain level below. It doesn't go underwater as, as hard. No, but you guys did almost get smacked up by uh, Idalia, right? That's true. Yeah, we we drove. We we went to some springs today. 
Uh, we went to Madison Blue Spring. Is just Madison Blue Springs called Blue yeah. Spring Hole, Blue Hole, something, and uh, Pot Springs, which was an adventure to to get to. Uh, very happy I got to go to Springs this summer. That was on my to do list. So thank you for uh, being the uh, the catalyst in that, Ryan. Absolutely, Florida Springs now more than ever. But we saw some some knocked over cypresses, like a lot of damage out there. But it was super rural, so most of the damage was just done kind of out in the open. We saw a few houses with some trees laying on top of them, but for the most part, not that bad. Yeah, we traveled through Madison, uh, through Jefferson to Madison uh, County, mostly. And we spent time in Jasper and Hamilton County, which are two of the most impacted by the hurricane uh, areas. And yeah, we we saw you know stands of trees in 2018 from Hurricane Michael a little bit west of us. Um, not nearly as bad a little bit east of us here, but definitely a lot of inland, rural devastation. I wonder, though, had we gone prior to Adalia, we still would have looked at these places and been like, damn, these are fucked up. This place, these places are, it would already have looked like some kind of storm went through it, right? I mean, they're they're not in great shape, these areas. They're underdeveloped, I would say. Yeah. And then there's a charm to that, right? And maybe that's where the future is, is these undeveloped areas of florida it could be you remarked that um i think it was in madison county you said that places like this with a cool old downtown is where people should be moving i could see that how do you get people to move here i mean this is a kind of florida that most people when you ask them to imagine florida do not see they do not see the springs and florida i think has the largest system of freshwater springs in the world um they do not see these quaint little towns um, albeit like when you're there, you kind of wonder what industry was there in the first place. I mean, we saw, I think we saw a couple, we saw a, what you believe to be like a massive peanut operation. There's a I'm, peanut <laughs> operation, massive. <laughs> it's the biggest peanut operation. A lot of seen. logging and t- a lot of timber historically. Yeah. We saw a lot of, uh, uh, pine groves, I guess you'd call them. Right. Uh, but I don't know what if people were to move to Florida, if to content to continue to move to Florida. I mean, the coast is over, right? Or people should stop moving to the coast. You would think so. I think yeah. We talk. We cast our eyes futureward. I think that we're going to see actually a climate-related migration of people from South and Central Florida to up here. I don't know that necessarily they'll be going to Jasper. In Hamilton County, <laughs> probably not Jasper, where we swam earlier on the Hamilton County line on the Madison side. Um, but I do think that a lot of people will move to Tallahassee. Yeah, I mean, there's the infrastructure here. Uh, there's a downtown. It's uh, we 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 walked somewhere the first night, so it's not unwalkable. But you're just, like really like you walk out your door and there's the Capitol right there. So you're kind of in. A prime located, prime location. It's not as walkable as it should be. And there's honestly been a huge issue of pedestrians uh, being killed and way too much emphasis on car-centric, sprawl, uh, state-maintained roads way too close to the urban center so that people aren't protected and the roads are seen as like tubes for sending traffic away as opposed to, you know, streetscaped uh, downtown walkable stuff. So, yeah, there's not nearly enough of that here. We should focus on it more in sarasota too you're you're uh you do a hopeful thing you are the chair of the leon county democrats right mm-hmm. 
um, so you you still are um, to the uh, glee of my father and mother. <laughs> I think they're big fans of yours. Um, Same here. You're you're you still have a kind of faith in the system. I'm I mean my, mine I'm fighting to keep any faith. I'll still vote. You know, just to make you happy. It can be tough. Um, but uh, to be involved in electoral politics in the 21st century. Uh, you have to have some faith and some hope in the future. And I feel like that's in short supply for people these days. So how do you do it? What's your secret? Well, that's nice of you to say. I think it's too important to give up on. You know, we can't let the bastards have Florida because it's just too significant. It's too too many electoral votes. It's too many millions of people. Um, It's too significant culturally and uh, economically and politically in every other way. So uh, I also, you know, my feelings are buoyed when I realize that what goes on here in in the state capital and, and state government isn't something that most people that live in Florida agree with. Um, and so we've got to turn that uh, majority in, in, into an active coalition for governing uh, but i think that if uh we do things the right way that we can and uh building that rain bucket bringing that uh readiness and and goal to bear uh in the meantime is uh is something that i think um is worthwhile and the possibility of just honestly a better florida uh, keeps me going so yeah give me some examples of how uh, I mean, like that—that's a—that's a little too abstract for me. I need like give me give me some give me something to chew on. Give me some <laughs> some reason. I mean, like I believe you and I like that, but I'll, give me some examples of things that we can hold on to, like actual. Uh, this well, great grit. leaders like we've had on 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 my show uh, and yours, I uh, uh, like 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 Martin you, Hyde, like Martin Hyde, <laughs> the great British Republican. Yeah. Says that, no, uh, uh, people like Richie Floyd, you know, getting elected at. at city government level you know i could talk forever about the stuff that we're doing locally here in, in tallahassee and leon county that i think is exciting make a difference but a boring and perhaps unsexy but i think real uh vote of confidence or that something is uh, better than we have today as possible is the jacksonville mayoral elections um you know the syndicate as nate monroe a friend of the show from the florida times union calls it, you know, the downtown Republican-oriented conservative business um, sort of elite, the power elite in Jacksonville, basically had been undefeated in the last couple of decades and just elected over all of their objections uh, a pretty strong Democratic mayor uh, in Duval County in uh, a large and strategic area of the state. So I think that Republicans have gone too far. I think that polling and public sentiment indicates that Ron DeSantis, not popular, and I think right track, wrong track, most people think that Florida state government, for the first time in a while, most people, like real most people that are likely to vote in 2024, think that the state government is on the wrong track than it is on the right track. And so I agree with them on that. You agree with them on that. And I think that can be the basis of, it takes a lot of doing, uh, but you know, I, I think that's something other than what we've got. We can only go up, right? Um, yeah, there are like some instances of hope for sure. And yeah, the Jacksonville mayoral race was a surprise. Uh, that was like Christian Ziegler's 
the uh, head of the Republican Party of Florida, that was like, he was out there. He was posting selfies, being like, we're going to do this. And he fell on his ass. The whole, like, syndicate establishment was 100% behind chamber Republican Daniel Davis, who was endorsed and supported by Lenny Curry, the outgoing Republican mayor, and the whole apparatus, the Rick Scott, Republican of Part- Party of Florida, everybody was full, all hands on deck. Yeah, and they definitely just got straight and up And they beaten. lost. What, what, when was that? What was the date of that that happened? That was in May. That was in May. Yeah, and that kind of lines up with a certain kind of timing, I think. And we can get to the the big boy here, uh, Ron DeSantis, and I think how he has fumbled a massive bag. Um, I think that the Jacksonville race is actually an early indicator on this. I hope I do hope so. Well, it was certainly an, it 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 did correspond with his drop in the polls uh, for the presidential race. But it's always been kind of unclear, like how popular he is in Florida. He will lose Florida to Trump. DeSantis will lose Florida in the Republican primary. Oh yeah, I feel very. And he has to drop out that. before then because if he mm-hmm. loses Florida to Trump, that's like how do you? That's why he Kamala. Just, he just lost a major proxy battle in terms of this loyalty oath issue um, just the other day. So with I who? think so. There's a loyalty oath. Uh, stipulation that all the candidates had to be to to accede to in order to be on the ballot in Florida. Um, Trump wanted it repealed. DeSantis wanted to keep it. It was repealed, and so it was kind of a rebuke to DeSantis from his own Republican. What does the? I, I'm not familiar with this oath. What do you have to do? What, uh, what it's basically oath? to be on the ballot. You have to swear that you're going to support whoever is the nominee, even if it's not you. Uh, and so Trump wanted to say, I don't want to swear. There is a little proxy battle over these rules, oh, nice. right? Hell and yeah. so Trump, again, even already, <laughs> I think the slide is already gone pretty wow. far. Um, but there are other things that, uh, just to, to play devil's advocate here. Um, in Pinellas County, I saw Republicans overtook Democrats by uh, some magnitude in terms of registered voters. Yeah. Um, Terrifying. And a lot of has to do with these these uh, voter purges that are going on right now. And so even if I think the will of the people, I mean, the will of the people have never has never really ever been <laughs> respected or uh, put in power. Arguably. So uh, the, but they're making it harder. They're going to make voting more difficult. They're going to yeah. You're going to go. A lot of people are just going to think that they're registered and show up on you know election day, and it's just like nope. Um, and the numbers do seem to be affecting Democrats far more. The registered Democrats than registered Republicans. So they've got their tricks up their sleeve. They're going to hold on to power any way they can. But registration numbers have been a nightmare for the Democrats. I mean, they keep losing uh, the little little rural counties, which weren't a big deal. But yeah, I think Pinellas is actually the largest, probably one of the, probably the largest like Republican urban county in the entire country. It's very, very not good. So here's here's my solution. Uh, and this is something we should do nationwide. Uh, everybody should just be a Republican, register Republican, and uh, you know if you lose the primary, everyone's just threatened to run third party. Yeah, you gotta just not sign the loyalty oath. Yeah, no loyalty oath. Um, we do. There, there is like the the potential of that kind of like insider uh, s- saboteur uh, element of disrupting the Republican Party. Maybe should I just like that, is that what, what I should do? You'll be like. The Democrat. I'm gonna be the good cop. I'll be the uh, the Mancurian candidate here. Uh, I think that I think that's crazy enough. I've seen crazier things. But uh, for the future, for the very near future, 
which uh, will be decided in what March, April, uh, the presidential primary. You and I called it, I think, the last episode. DeSantis is toast. I think that he's completely done. And he's I think it's more likely that he runs one of these other races, like against Rick Scott for Senate, which I think is far fetched, but I think that is at this point more likely than DeSantis winning. Let's get into that in a second, but um, yeah, just as he's, an he, he's going to be governor until 2026, mm-hmm. uh, at which point he can no longer be governor. Yeah. And be to, term limited. And in order to be relevant, he will need to hold some kind of office because he doesn't have the swag to uh, to be a, a pundit on Fox News. I don't think so. I mean, I could see them trying. Can you imagine them giving him like the Tucker no. spot? No, he's like What's the deal, be, man? He's got to <laughs> either be like in the top spot or totally banished. Yeah, he is just. It turns out he was never a good candidate. And and there was no way around it, and it just it's funny that it just took so long for people to kind of realize this. But he's got a massive war chest. We're talking like a hundred million dollars to run some kind of campaign, and on top of that, he's not even spending it because he's spending U.S. Uh, Florida taxpayer dollars on all of his presidential travels <laughs> throughout Iowa and South Carolina, all the primary the states. Time. And it really is. I mean, I, I truly mourn uh, the erosion of our public records laws, which. They've literally changed to make this more difficult to suss out. So good times. He's toast. The question is, is like, is he? What what kind of candidate is he going to be for the next for the last two years of his? Or the, what kind of politician is he going to be for the last two years? Is he going to be vengeful? Uh, is he going to? I mean, I don't see how you could possibly sell off and strip more of the state than he has in the past six years. Uh, so we, I mean, obviously he'll continue doing that, uh, but more maybe, I mean, like, is he, is he, is there an instance of him ever holding back? I guess the, uh, the solar panel thing that he vetoed was like maybe one instance, but if he is not, he will still need to, if he's going to run for Senate, like you think against, well, I just mean that's more likely than him being the Republican nominee right. for a president. That's so all. let's I say, I don't think that's super likely. But then, but, what, but, then but, but what? What is? What, what, he can't return. Well, to I think that he just is the governor of Florida for two more years, and I think that is a really interesting open question about where we go from here, like the future of Florida, in a near to intermediate um, level. It, it does kind of depend on his temperament and what he wants to do after he's vanquished and he's back in Tallahassee all the time instead of in Iowa. Um, I think it remains to be seen what kind of. You know, is he, you know, I, I could definitely see him being vengeful. I think that he's a true believer in some of the stuff that um, wants to kind of like slice and dice and deprofessionalize and take the copper wiring out of basic functions of the state government. I think that he could see, I think that this charter school stuff could become even more and more of a permissive, you know, land grab for people. Um you can see changes with environmental easements. You know, he's obviously been extraordinarily accommodating and closely coordinating with developers. So we could see some of those changes. Jason Garcia, uh, we had on a while ago, he talked about how he could even see them disincorporating a city, like a blue city, like the city of Key West that has tried to defy or uh, express an alternative preference than the governors in, in, uh, in the Key West. 
I could see him just, you know, pull it, going the nuclear option and doing that kind of thing. Not sure. You know, thing, pe- people do have a tendency to want to say that things can't get worse, but they could get worse. And that whether he wants to do that and play that kind of role or just kind of more passively um, suffer through the last two years with us, I'm not sure. So it, it, I think it would be better if he attempts to run for Senate because that will, I think, hold him accountable in the eyes of the Florida voter. If he decides to abandon politics entirely, then yeah, he can just say fuck it and blow everything up and give everything to every special interest group imaginable. So if we can bully him or pretend like, oh yeah, man, stay in the Senate, uh, at least that way he will be beholden to the voters' opinion a bit. Otherwise, he's, I mean, he's, uh, I'm making a, I'm making a sign to Ryan right now that you can't see, but he knows it. Yeah, <laughs> that was a little sneeze. That was I don't know what that was. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we we should hope then that he tries to stay in Florida politics because, yeah, otherwise he has free reign to just uh, destroy this place at, at, at an alarming clip. The closer you know, his view is that the the public sentiment of Florida is with him. Um, I think as we see more and more tension and more and more conflict with things like you talking about, if those come to pass, we'll see. I definitely agree with you that the closer he is to uh, the judgment of of people, the better, because, you know, left to his own devices. And when he's playing to other crowds, like the last couple of years of state government has basically just been something that's been operated for his his presidential run. Yeah, yeah. for for Iowa caucus goers, mm-hmm. people at the fair in <laughs> Iowa. Uh, and uh, Governor uh, Kim Reynolds up there uh, as the as the intended audience, as opposed to the people who live in Florida. So I mean, and, you know, you've got two different things that you have to reconcile politically right now. He won re-election by an eye-popping, crazy nineteen-point uh, victory. Um, at the same time, I think that if you you know, in terms of the consent of the govern and where people are. Most people, I'd say, in Florida at this point don't approve of some of the more excessive things. You know, certainly a great majority of people are ready to override his decision on a six-week abortion ban and that kind of thing. So reconciling those two things is interesting. And I think that DeSantis has shown that he takes a lot of liberties with uh, whatever authority he's given in terms to try to, uh, to parlay that into more authority. Yeah, I do think that the... Uh, it- I don't think he has a real read on the the Florida voter today. Um, you know, no one gives a shit about COVID anymore, and I, I I love watching conservatives try and make it like they're oh they're bringing the mask mandates back. It's like no, they're not. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> and it's like I, I do love the uh, the vaccine conversation. They're they're trying to bring vaccines back and be like they're gonna force the like it's like no, just like a, a flu. You get vaccinated every year for the flu. Um, I I don't get vaccinated for the flu every year, and I, uh, I mean I'm based <laughs> just not to brag or anything, but uh, yeah. Um, so it's funny watching them try to play the old hits. I think that after six years of DeSantis, it's enough time for people to be able to say, no, this is this is your doing, and I think that that clip of him. Uh, Saying, what are we going to roll the dice on insurance? I mean, he was very lucky that Adalia hit these rural areas in the panhandle. Yeah. Um, so 
we only saw what was like ten billion dollars of damage and only a couple people died versus the hundreds of people that died and the hundred billion dollars that uh, that Ian did last year. Yeah. But um, that doesn't really alter the calculations of the insurance companies. So he we we are in the midst of I think probably the worst insurance crisis in the country. Yes. Worst Florida's homeowners insurance yeah. and insurance markets are absolutely just poisoned. Um, and so I think that uh, he is going to have to pay for that because Florida's Florida's appeal is its real estate. It's the, these all these people who just moved here. Uh, I think it was, I think we've have what eight hundred thousand since COVID. Uh, that sounds about right. Their, Thousands per day. Their cost of living, <laughs> it At just times. blew the fuck up. And, I, and with the inflation and all that stuff, I, I doubt they're making that much more money. I mean, they're saving money on uh, in taxes here, maybe. But uh, he is going to get, I think, hit for that in some capacity. You do think you have to say um, reality does have to come in somewhere into this equation. You know, he's been so good at creating his own, you know, exploiting the lack of newspapers and a well-formed public discourse and kind of substituting his own sort of fantasy for that. Um, and um, just straight denying and obscuring people's right to know, uh, corroding sunshine and stuff like that, basically not letting people know exactly what's going on um, at the same time. But I do think at the end of the day, everybody can see their insurance rates rising and everybody know who the governor with all the power of the state government behind them is. So... I do think that it will, the light will shine in somewhere there, and it doesn't look good for Governor DeSantis. And with all that campaigning and nothing to show for it, but just constant embarrassment. And, and I wonder at what 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 is the the threshold? When does it become critical mass? And the state legislatures who have done nothing but his bidding uh, finally turn against him. We're about to find out. You think? Well, I mean, we'll find out as soon as. Basically January, really, when things start moving. Bills are already filed, are being filed like now-ish, mm-hmm. and they they convene earlier than than they do that they, they did this year. They're convening in January, so we'll see what kind of mood they're in. I mean, I, I would think that if they have any desire to continue to be in politics, you should start. They should they should know they should be able to read those tea leaves and divorce themselves. Well, I think there's going to be two processes. One, people. Are going these state legislators are going to want to distance themselves from the toxic brand? In my opinion, yes, you're right. The whole presidential Ron DeSantis experience has made the way that the average person will think about DeSantis basically as this chump who got who tried to run for president and got beat really badly. I do think that that's pretty well cemented at this point. I do think that's how the average person. We'll think of them. So you're going to have them running away from that as opposed to the sugar rush that they are all in during mm-hmm. session this year when they're looking at President DeSantis very likely. All of these little fiefdoms, all these little you know, senators uh, from, from rural parts of the state looking at themselves, sizing up the drapes of, <laughs> of, of offices and being uh, undersecretaries and bureau chairs under president. That's all long over, and it's almost couldn't be more the opposite. You also have this other thing happening where the Trump people are not going to forget that all these people supported DeSantis. And I think that he will be pretty ruthless um, and pretty thorough, like he, like he generally is when it comes to his political enemies. 
with these people. So I, it'll be very interesting to see what, if anything, they have the will to get themselves together to do um, during this upcoming session. <laughs> Hi, Katie. Meow. You know, I think you're going to have an abortion ballot uh, initiative on the ballot in 2024. You're going to have up here in Tallahassee anyways and through Jacksonville, I think increased voter enthusiasm because you're going to have a redrawn district that's going to elect African-American Democrat, most likely, as opposed to what it is now. A Jacksonville-based Aaron Bean, you know, former state senator who was kind of... Um, kind of racistly gerrymandered into a seat uh, that seat may return and so you're gonna have people more fired up i think you're looking at a different electorate you know i don't want to be naive but i i feel some reason to feel like 22 was kind of in terms of republican performance about as bad as it can be although you know who knows everything and and there was nothing matters of course and anymore. there wasn't really anything on the ballot for democrats to vote for no and i think that once trump is the nominee again it'll the, the base will get the the, the Trump we'll derangement syndrome will be back and people will be mad and I think it'll definitely increase Democratic vote turnout in the state of Florida but for for our listeners who are not Floridians and have stuck with us so far how do how do we apply this to the nation as a whole well we've both kind of had this kind of theory of the case that Florida is just more down the road than the rest of America, right? Like Florida is seen as this like appendage, subalter, kind of other kind of thing. Um, but really it's more, uh, just more American than the rest of America. You saw in 2022, again, sorry to be so granular about the electoral stuff, but it was a basically a democratic year everywhere but Florida. And we didn't really get that here because of what you're talking about, some of the things, the constellation of motivation or lack thereof, plus DeSantis with this like crazy momentum that you don't really see. Um, uh, and I think low enthusiasm on the other side. Um, you just, you know, you're not, that will never be repeated, I think. So I do think that we are looking at an anomaly. Does it feed and lend itself towards more uh, like events? Um, maybe, but then again, maybe not. I do kind of think that what's going on right now is hitting the gag reflexes of the average person. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, God, the amount of times I, I hate the word woke so much. And people who use that word, um, they kind of remind me of uh, those TikTok girls who, who are faking Tourette syndrome, you know? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Uh. <laughs> I don't there's it's like a nervous tick at this point they're just it's like they're faking it it's like I, I don't know but it, it I feel a little vindicated being like grossed out and annoyed by the whole thing and now like even like the general population is kind of like can we get something else please yeah and I and that's what will be interesting to see what what bills come up that they, they can somehow twist into saying like no you, you guys will like this like this will be for you uh, as for how Florida this applies perhaps to the country, the universe maybe, um, I don't think anywhere is stripping the state for parts faster and more effectively than the state of Florida. And yeah. I think that we can, I, would you call that, like I, I was trying to explain neoliberalism <laughs> recently, and I think one of the best examples <laughs> nice, I can man. think of is um, removing a state 
a government apparatus and replacing it with private contractors. Yeah, I think that's most of the crux of it. Yeah, that's 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 so like, limiting the state's capacity and making that like a kind of market commodity as opposed to right. like a basic public utility. And it's always more expensive when you hire these private contractors. It's always shittier. Here. It's always shittier. It's always more expensive, mm-hmm. and it's always it just sucks as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just it, broken. It doesn't work right. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And so I think I mean Florida wasn't the first. Never place actually to, cheaper. Florida wasn't the first place to, to do like the charter school stuff, but well, um, it, was, well it, was, it was definitely on the ble- uh, the bleeding edge of it. Yeah, you know the McKay scholarships under Jeb Bush were transformative. We we did start vouchers, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, with the DeVos family's grip, um, uh, they own the goddamn friends Orlando of both Magic. of our shows. They're they're fl- friends of who? Friends of both of our shows. Oh, friends of both of our shows sponsors actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, the amount of charter school money that comes in here because there's so much money to be taken from the state those, oh it's the programs. biggest po- grift honeypot uh that i can think of ever and the state government context i mean yeah and that's and that's why uh new college is so important too i think because uh it is uh i don't think we'd really seen a state take over uh, a university like that before well, yeah, I mean, uh, technically they're all taken over by the state and under the auspices, but they're kind of allowed this understanding that they're able to somewhat locally control themselves under their own local preferences and standards. And, and yeah. that has been so um, very abruptly changed. So, yeah, that's definitely way different. Side you, talk note, about the, you talk about the grift there. I mean, yeah. that's just out of control. Side note, maybe this can be for a different episode, but I remember... Uh, I was going to try and get my master gardener license or whatever. And you get it through UFIFIS, I guess, or, or, or like some, some, yeah. you know, uh, University of Florida program. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I talked to this interesting guy who would be fun for either of us to have on the show named David the Good. He was like a Florida permaculture guy and now huh. he's up in like Arkansas or something like that. But I, I messaged him about it because he had written this essay about how, um, the Master Gardener program is bought and sold. Like, because of U.S. affiliation with Monsanto uh, and all these other uh, weed-killing, you know, uh, evil corporations, that the Master Gardener thing is absolute bullshit. He's like, they don't teach you to grow anything except for, like, uh, like rhododendrons or something. I forget which flower he said. But, so, yeah, even those state programs, like, they're not operating entirely independently of the state sort of itself. Handed to to the industry. Yeah, but new college is is a is the next level, and I think that's where you can look at to Florida in the future and be like, oh, this is like the the thing about new college is that even if it fails, it'll be a success because for people who don't know, uh, the mascot's talking right. She this she gets really mad when we talk about new college. Um, new college, the camp, the new college's campus is in northern Florida, right right on the water. Right, like a bordering northern uh, Sarasota, northern Sarasota, and it's bordering uh, Ringling Museum. It's it's a beautiful piece of land on the Sarasota Bay. And if this experiment of theirs fails, which it absolutely will, this the new college will not succeed, uh, not in its current the new neo college, yeah, uh, college, neo college. What are they going to do? They're going to sell the land off. I mean, like it's like they'll they'll carve it up, they'll they'll take they'll they'll push new college like maybe inland a bit and give Carlos Baruf, developer, all the the waterfront. 
Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, I don't want to be monotonous. That's been said many times, many ways, but I think it bears consideration here. The charter school, the the school privatization schemes that we've seen uh, attacking Florida's public education system, including, like you've said now, accurately um, and so sadly, that university level at New College, and but other places too, you're seeing the appointments get very directly political. Um, Randy Fine, as potentially the president of FAU, is very much a thing as we speak right now. That's very potential. You've got a right-wing senator, Ben Sass, being the being the, the president of University of Florida. I mean, the flagship, one of the top public universities in Wasn't the country. Wasn't he from, like, Kansas or something, too? He was in Nebraska. Nebraska. I believe. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kansas, Nebraska. Yeah, I, and, and that's the, that's what's interesting. The, the way in which they're selling these things for parts. Richard Corcoran has basically been given a million dollars a year to be the president of New College, which mm-hmm. is an obscene amount of money for that job. Uh, Patricia Ocker, who was the previous president, was also getting an obscene amount of money, but I think it was only like what three, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars. Half, I think. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah, there's this ultimate grift going. There's so much, even even in, in this state, which doesn't have enough taxes really, uh, the amount of money that there is to steal is is incredible. The general counsel of New College, I'll add. Sorry to be in the weeds here for our listeners that don't care about the state government, but former state senate president and you know considerate consistent you know uh patron of all this kind of stuff right winger associated with aif and all the bad people the chamber at the state uh government level um also becoming the attorney or the the general counsel of new college also making a ridiculous amount of money 200 300 grand or something like that so it's basically you know the state government and the university system has become like a jobs program for like washed up legislators they're yeah they're gonna milk this teat dry and they're when when does that end when does the well run dry when does that happen and it feels like it's gonna happen soon maybe i don't know i mean there's a lot i don't know i don't know how the, the economy of florida works like this it's, but, a, it's sort of a banana republic is it a failed state i i really don't know what i think that state government in florida right now definitely begs that question of where is the actual guardrail of like wh- when the wheels will fall off? Will Florida be the first state to secede from the union? I mean, it, and maybe in a way where the, like the the federal government will just be like, get the fuck out of here, because with with DeSantis happy to accept you know FEMA and federal money from the Biden administration or you know whoever's in charge. Will at some point the rest of the states be like, we can't live in this like this hurricane penis anymore. Like it's 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 it needs to be removed. Florida's definitely becoming a Ponzi scheme. It, no, I mean, yeah. Could <laughs> it be the end of the musical chair sometime? I don't know. It's kind of been a confidence game since they were, you know, fraudulently selling lots uh, of wetlands, you know, in in the Everglades. Uh, so I, I don't know. Is we've, it because we've been we're the tempting most, like, fate for a long time now. Is it because we're the most pyramid-shaped state that people <laughs> uh, decided that it would be the proper place to it's do it? It's a diamond it? upside down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do wonder why fraud is so rampant in the state of Florida. Obviously, deregulation is a big part of it, too. I think part of it is that there weren't... There was no previous culture to be beholden to yeah i think that's right deregulation is another word for nothing matters 
And I think that, yeah, just the kind of placelessness that people often ascribe to Florida. People, there's less of a sense of guilt that comes from a sense of the departure from an order that kind of just has always kind of been uh, up for grabs. And I, I, I blame Jimmy Buffett for this because uh, I think he brought with him a kind of uh, nihilistic hedonism. Like this, because it really was just like a who fucking cares sort of attitude. Now I'll take the the parrot heads over these, um, you know, twenty first century right wingers any day. But yeah, maybe people come to Florida with this attitude. I think because people come to it being like it's just a dumb fucking swamp, you know, that we can we can shit all over it. It it, it has no consequence, and so we can they treat it like a cruise ship, you know. It it, it doesn't have a, a a history to any the people who come here. Yeah, people come here and they don't want to invest in schools because their kids are out of school and they don't care. They're here to live out their golden years. And you definitely see that in the villages where um, it's growing. It's nearly a million people. I don't know how many hundred thousand people are in that area now, basically taking over the counties uh, surrounding it. Um, and those people are not interested. There's 80 or 90 percent Republican turnout there. They're not interested in, in building the future that we're talking about. All right, here's a not fu- invested in it. Here's a future prediction for the villages. Uh, there's going to be some new strain of a sexually transmitted disease, and it's going to just like it's gonna it's HIV 2.0, and it's gonna wipe out the villages, and we have to quarantine the whole thing. How's that you heard sound? it here first. <laughs> I'm just we gotta think about the the future, Mister Gitz. The future. What's going on? What's gonna happen? What do you What do you think is possible in the next ten years? possible how do you mean i think in terms of the direction of the state Mm -hmm. well what i really don't like what i'd like to see avoided very much is the miamification of the state in terms of yes it's existential threat of climate change and sea water uh, sea level rise but the fact of the state being a playground for the rich as a place where it's really not sustainable to have a normal sort of middle class working class life here uh that is an insanely stressful and a strain i do think that it's possible to avoid that um but it's going to have to take a definite direction i think that the coalition is there and everybody who is opposed to what we have right now and people who believe that we can do better um and we're gonna have to build that boat on the as on the open sea as we begin to step away from what we have right now because right now we've got two (laughs) two heels very much dug deep into the direction we're going on we've got to stop that start to turn this ship in a different direction um i do think that very first step can be represented in some tangible way coming up in these 20 not to be so uh uh reductionist about the elections but i do think that we can start to see some change that way um, and just kind of get somewhere close to parity um, in any sort of sense of balance. Otherwise, if we don't, I, I don't even know where I would grab and try to hold on to, um, you know, policymaking and uh, making a difference. Maybe it, we have to focus things. I think we might have to do some sort of regional triage uh, because some areas, uh, I think, ought to be politically and geographically abandoned. And Miami is number one on that list for me. We need to get like just push Miami off into the sea. Vikings funeral, set it aflame. Uh, not only because it is it is ecologically doomed. We, I mean, they're 
it is going to be most of Florida. Like, the, the fear of Florida being underwater is kind of a there's, people misunderstand what that means. It's not going to be like perpetually underwater for a long time, but you're just going to have these constant massive tidal shifts and storms and storm surges that will just fuck shit up. I mean, look at Fort Myers, Miami, Key West. Uh, these are places where they're constantly dealing with, even without a storm, flooding in the streets. So Miami, you can't, you cannot stop it. People, you cannot build levees. You cannot build dikes. If you build a, a pump, it's going to have to be uh, something that our, our technology can't even. It handle. seems like a losing proposition. We're gonna have to borrow some alien technology. For right, yeah, right, right. What we have now, yeah. Uh, the 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 limestone uh, under Miami is porous. You cannot stop the water from coming up underneath. Um, on top of that, I think the culture of Miami. I mean, there are obviously lots of cool, nice people there. Interesting things going on, but by and large, it's really bad. There's a reason why it took to Bitcoin so heavily. And I think that it's unfortunate that uh, it's the Ellis Island of the South because it forces these people, desperate immigrants, to embrace this hustle culture that is toxic. And it's just bad for everybody. So I think we should probably just like move on from Miami and pick a different place to consolidate around. And I think Tallahassee might be it. I've always seen Tallahassee as the Miami of North Florida. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You've got to love. You've got to love the people to serve the people. So I, I think that I would be careful not to conflate with this thin ribbon of leadership of Florida. You know, you see things like Miami going red and voting for Republicans, and I don't know necessarily that the sort of right, far right leadership that we've seen here uh, is something that most people agree with. So I think that it's all, it's all salvageable. And, you know, I was talking to, I was on the Florida history podcast with our, our mutual uh, friend Cardick uh, just the other day, you know, Pensacola and West Florida, we've had votes in the past to cede it to Alabama and the and Georgia. Uh, they didn't want it. <laughs> and we're all, we're all wrapped up here together. Wasn't it because it was like a, a like a, a super fun site? It was just like completely it, toxic. It's ha, it's it's a long and, and winding road, like I ten <laughs> from Pensacola <laughs> to Jacksonville, but um, but we're all I, we're all in it together, and I think that we can. I think that the people can win. Common sense can win, even on these terms. I think that pretty much you see Republican, you know, this whole thing that we have right now, the DeSantis majority, is kind of really built on just apathy and a lack of a cohesive alternative building that alternative i think will do a lot of the work and i i don't blame the people here even no, the newcomers. I, I don't blame i don't blame the people um i blame the leaders of the democratic party of florida they <laughs> incur naturally a lot of blame yeah um no I, I think miami's cursed uh it's been cursed uh can't argue with that there's so much evil that came out of miami uh, and it continues to be, I think, the fraud capital of the United States. Uh, it's the fraud capital of the fraud state. It, it is the jet ski capital of the world. Another reason to... I'm making that up, but it's probably true. Another reason to get rid of it. We should do a whole Miami hate episode. I could. I should, we can get someone from Miami, and we can fight. Yeah, I, I, we can do that. I don't know. I, I like. I like Miami. 
that's you're 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 a good po- this is where you know you're showing your true political uh it's know-how fun. and i'm already like if i ever run for office statewide office yeah. like look at this guy who hates miami so if we're much. slicing parts of florida off i'm not slicing off miami first okay what's your first part your cut <laughs> which part of florida are you going to circumcise i think there are some votes naples Hey. Naples <laughs> Naples can go. I mean, we talk about the village. The villages can go. The villages. I don't think that the village is in keeping with the spirit of, of Florida writ large. Not your Florida, but I think it, it is the uh, the apotheosis of the 20th century of Florida. It's something. They And they should be represented in their own, ordinarily to their own degree. They sh- but I don't we think should they should buy them a a, the, big, the world's else. biggest carnival cruise. Yeah, and just all leave them on there. All they all get, they can play pickleball all day long. Yeah, um, you know those poor, uh, you know Filipinos and Indonesians who are going to like change their bed sheets. That's not that's not cool. I think what they should do is they should we should make we should like trick them into making it a kind of like quasi commune where like they all have to just like take turns doing work because I think they'll get really bored of like the the hedonistic treadmill. And they'll be like, "Oh, I got to do something." So now it's like, just trick them into like doing labor. I I, I like it, but I think it needs more pickleball. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to have a lot of uh, orthopedic surgeons on board if they're gonna just be playing pickleball like that. You know, you've written, you know, you've written about land development in Florida and how much of the old Florida and really what counts as the old Florida we visited today mm-hmm. some of the real off the beaten path places that you don't think of when you think about Florida but you wrote a story uh just a couple of months ago last month for Sarasota magazine about about how old cracker country is kind of disappearing um how do you see that how, how do those areas vote and how should we think of that in terms of reconciling the overall identity of florida um i don't think it matters the way they vote because there are so few of them what matters is that they get to hold on people to vote them. not land all this uh, history in, in florida it, but if we can encourage them to hold on to the land is really what matters and that requires voting on our part to vote for people who will fund it who will give them money who will make it so that because it, it's a tough life they live out there but it's a it's it's honest it's the it's the most honest life uh you know what i loved about hanging out with them the real cracker cowboys was uh they didn't know about a lot of the shit that i know about but i know about just dumb internet shit <laughs> you know <laughs> they know about cows horses and the land and they didn't really give a shit about anything else and that, i think that's the perfect we have to return i think to that kind of like Narr- like a uh, uh, craftsmanship, people need Return. to get need to get into their lanes and shut up and dri- dribble. Basically, <laughs> they need to stick to sports. I mean, I I hate I do hate it when athletes talk about sports. Gone are the days of Jackie Robinson and Muhammad Ali. We don't have, I think, at least any- talk about sports. At least talk about politics. Yeah, when they talk about politics, like in in either direction. I mean, like, you know, Kurt Schilling, Aaron Rodgers, LeBron James, any any like modern athletes who talk about politics, they sound like morons. Like it's it's just not a good look. And uh, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. We were talking about cowboys. 
they don't they didn't really talk about politics either they had seemed to they, they felt abandoned by it enough about Herschel Walker <laughs> I, he's the one that actually is really fun to listen to talk to about politics because it's really funny but um no with with these with the cracker cowboys um it was a dirge you know I went for seven days seven nights I was on horseback driving cattle through on like the Kissimmee area and it was like it was a Florida I'd never seen before and a Florida that most people will never see it is disappearing. We went through Deseret Ranch, which is the Mormon ranch. They have 330,000 acres, which I think makes them the second largest landholders in the state of Florida. Um, the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. Second largest land owner in Florida. And they, it was very nice of them to let us drink coffee in the morning on, at camp. Yeah. But... Uh, very secular of them. They were... They're selling... They're selling, I think, 130,000 acres to development to put 500,000 people right by the St. John's River, which literally does not, that, that cannot work. It cannot, that cannot happen, but it's going to happen. And so what's also interesting is like that private land that we're on, those, ran, those are private ranches and most people don't have access for it. So for us to even be able to see that required all these kinds of paperwork and that sounded like a nightmare. I don't think this the great fertile cattle drive that I went on is going to happen again. I hope it does. But the 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 cowboys seemed totally resigned to it, and it was very sad. I mean, like they they they're very proud people, but they're also not naive. I mean, they've been watching it disappear for long enough. They've seen what the rest of us have seen. Yeah, and some of them will do it till they die. You know, they will. Go down with the ship, and God bless them. Um, as for like politics, like trying to sway them politically, and what Nikki Freed was there on the last day I was on the cattle drive. By the way, I sat next to her when we watched like a Seminole Indian dance. Hell yeah! Um, I didn't. I I think I texted you. I did. I was like, what should I say to Nikki Freed? <laughs> Out on the ranch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, God, I'm getting all over the place. No, I. I I think that if there is some Florida left to be saved, I I was actually kind of inspired driving around up north. There's a lot of land here, a lot of old towns, and I think that if people stopped moving to Naples, I mean this is a, this has to be like a political effort though. And to get people get the money required to move to a place, save it and steward it. It's possible, but can we get people to do it? I think that you're exactly right. North Florida has great bonds and should absolutely be, uh, could, could definitely be stewarded by like-minded people in a positive I, way. I, I, th- I think the future of Florida is North Florida. And that's where I like abandoned Miami, abandoned Naples. Sarasota has the Topo, 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 Topobago, what is the name? Topobago people. They're, we, they're, they blessed our land. That's why we never get hit by hurricanes mm-hmm. there. Uh, I don't know what to think about Sarah. Another cursed land. Sarasota's cursed for sure. Hey. We're all covered. We're all covered <laughs> with blood. Um, no, but it's like a different kind. It's like a a vortex. I think that uh, I don't believe in aliens, but I believe in like interdimensional beings. Maybe okay, like fairies. Basically, they're just fairies. That's what an interdimensional sure. being is. And Florida is where they come out of the ground. I think, and that's why all this weird shit keeps happening there. Why is why is Sarasota in the national news all the time? Why was the president here on nine eleven? 
I was yeah. Why was he at my school? On <laughs> we're just asking questions. Yeah, we're just yeah, just just asking questions. Um, so yeah, my vote my vote for the future of Florida has got to be North the North. I think I think you're right. I think that uh, North Florida can absolutely be the site of progress in Florida. It has been before. Governor Leroy Collins, who was kind of seen as a reformer for the urban. Uh, Tampa, Miami, uh, Palm Beach, Broward, Miami coalition that kind of finally threw the pork choppers and the old boys, the bourbon Democrats out and began a new majority. And I think, you know, he was in, he was from Tallahassee. And uh, I think so can a brighter day for Florida. Although I do think if Florida Democrats started calling themselves bourbon Democrats, that would that would help a lot. That's a way cooler way to call yourself. <laughs> yeah, Blue Dog yeah yeah i agree i agree hey uh i think anything other than i think i think that anybody who is not into what's going on right now is is a friend of mine and and to maybe you know we can rebuild the temple right up here I wonder, is there anything